0: Good day to you. hope you're having a wonderful day. We've been reading in the book of Leviticus. Last time we read Leviticus chapter 24. So Leviticus 24 was about the lamp and the bread of the sanctuary and there was an incident. He blasphemed the name of the Lord. And this person was put to death. Now we're ready to read Leviticus chapter 25. I am reading from the Amplified Bible. The Lord spoke to Moses at Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I am giving you, then the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years you shall sow your field, and for six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in its crop. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of rest for the land. A Sabbath to the Lord. You shall not sow seed in your field nor prune your vineyard. Whatever reseeds itself uncultivated in your harvest, you shall not reap. Nor shall you gather the grapes from your uncultivated vine. It shall be a year of sabbatical rest for the land. And all of you shall have for food whatever the untilled land produces during its Sabbath year. Yourself and your male and female slaves, your hired servant, and the foreigners who reside among you, even your domestic animals and the wild animals that are in your land shall have all its crops to eat. So the purpose of this rest of the land was to keep the fertility of the land, to keep, to let the earth kind of restore and refresh itself by letting the crops and the fields go uncultivated, and whatever grows there naturally, you could use some of that, of course, to feed yourself and your animals and all, but you wouldn't fully harvest all that, and you would let that go back into the ground and decay, and it would you know, it would increase the fertile, fertileness of the land again. You are also to count off seven Sabbaths of years for yourself, seven times seven years, so that you have the time of the seven Sabbaths of years, namely 49 years. Then you shall sound the ram's horn everywhere on the tenth day of the seventh month, almost October. On the day of atonement you shall sound the trumpet throughout your land, and you shall consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim freedom for the slaves throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee, year of remission, for you. And each of you shall return to his own ancestral property that was sold to another because of poverty, and each of you shall return to his family from whom he was separated by bondage. That fiftieth year shall be a jubilee for you. You shall not sow seed, nor reap what recedes itself, nor gather the grapes of the uncultivated vines. For it is the Jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall not eat its crops out of the field. So here again, this reflects back to what we read above as far as you shall not harvest or reap the field. However, you shall have for food whatever the untilled land produces during this year. So you can still gather for food. You're just not to harvest and reap everything up because the point is is that it's, again, going back into the earth, keeping the ground fertile. For it is the Jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall eat its crops out of the field. In this year of Jubilee, each of you shall return to his own ancestral property. If you sell anything to your friend or buy from your friend, you shall not wrong one another. According to the number of years after the Jubilee, you shall buy from your friend and he is to sell to you according to the number of years of crops which may be harvested before you must restore the property to him. If the years until the next jubilee are many, you shall increase the price. But if the years remaining are few, you shall reduce the price, because it is the number of crops that he is selling to you. You shall not wrong one another, But you shall fear your God with profound reverence, for I am the Lord your God. Now notice here, they weren't actually selling the land or the property. This was land that God had given them, and they were not able to really sell it. They were really just renting it out for use so that someone could use it to grow crops. So they were really just selling the fertileness of the ground, allowing them to grow crops on their land. They weren't really selling the land after the 50 years, or once the Jubilee year hit, this land was going to return to them, so that the land that God gave them was always theirs. Therefore, you shall carry out my statutes and keep my ordinance and do them, so that you may live securely on the land. Then the land will yield its produce, so that you can eat your field and live securely on it. And if you say, what are we going to eat in the seventh year if we do not sow seed or gather in our crops? Then this is my answer. I will order my special blessing for you in the sixth year so that it will produce sufficient crops for three years. When you are sowing the eighth year, you can still eat old things from the crops, eating the old until the ninth year when its crop comes in. So here again God is promising them an abundant harvest in the 6th year to help prepare them for the 7th year just in case let's say that their land doesn't really produce anything whatever they grow or whatever they they do does not produce crop if they don't go and plant it and till it and, and uh, reap it so for them if if you were in one of those cases the 6th year would produce an abundant harvest for you to be able to to manage and get through until your next harvest. Because you're really just skipping one year. The land shall not be sold permanently, for the land is mine. You are only foreigners and temporary residents with me. So in all the country that you possess, you are to provide for the redemption of the land in the year of Jubilee. So understand here, God is saying The land is his, which of course it is. Everything on the earth, everything is God's. And we are all just temporary residents here. If a fellow countryman of yours becomes so poor he has to sell some of his property, then his nearest relative is to come and buy back, redeem what his relative has sold. Or in case a man has no relative to redeem his property, but he has become more prosperous and has enough to buy it back, then he shall calculate the years since its sale and refund the balance to the man to whom he sold it and so return to his ancestral property. But if he is unable to redeem it, then what he has sold shall remain in the hands of the purchaser until the year of jubilee. But at the jubilee it shall revert and he may return to his property. So here again, it's more like you're renting it until the year of Jubilee. So if it's right after a year of Jubilee, you can basically rent somebody's land for 50 years. You, you just have to pay for that. That's a lot to pay for. But at the end of the 50 years, when you get back to the year of Jubilee, it's going to revert back to its original owner. If a man sells a house in a walled city, then his right of redemption remains valid for a full year after its sale. His right of redemption lasts a full year, but if it is not redeemed for him within a full year, then the house that is in the walled city passes permanently and irrevocably to the purchaser throughout his generations. It does not revert back in the year of Jubilee. And the difference here is that this is not land that was given by God to a different to the different tribes these these are dwellings within a city the houses of the villages that have no surrounding walls however shall be considered as open fields they may be redeemed and revert in the year of jubilee as for the cities of the levites the levites have a permanent right of redemption for the houses in the cities which they possess You may remember they have certain cities that were given to them. Those are the Levite cities, but I don't remember uh, which ones those are off the top of my head. Therefore, what is purchased from the Levites may be redeemed by a Levite, and the house that was sold in the city they possessed reverts in the year of Jubilee. For the houses in the Levite cities are their ancestral property among the Israelites, But the pasture lands of their cities may not be sold, for that is their permanent possession. So they can't even sell the land that they have, because they do have some pasture land around their cities. Now that's something that they're given. Now if your fellow countryman becomes poor, and his hand falters with you, that is, he has trouble repaying you for something, then you are to help and sustain him with courtesy and consideration, like you would a stranger or a temporary resident without property, so that he may live among you. Do not charge him usurious interest, but fear your God with profound reverence, so your countryman may continue to live among you. You shall not give him your money at interest, nor your food at a profit. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. Notice here that even then, God is telling us not to take advantage of people just because they're having a hard time or they're having a rough spot in life, but rather we should try to help them in some way and give them a chance to get back up on their feet. And if your fellow countryman becomes so poor in his dealings, with you, that he sells himself to you as payment for a debt. You shall not let him do the work of a slave who is ineligible for redemption, but he is to be with you as a hired man, as if he were a temporary resident. He shall serve with you until the year of Jubilee, and then he shall leave you, he and his children, with him, and shall go back to his own family and return to the property of his fathers. For the Israelites are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. They shall not be sold in a slave sale. You shall not rule over him with harshness, severity, oppression. But you are to fear your God with profound reverence. As for your male and female slaves whom you may have, you may acquire male and female slaves from the pagan nations that are around you. Moreover, from the children of the strangers who live as aliens among you, from them you may buy slaves, and from their families who are with you, whom they have produced in your land, they may become your possession. You may even bequeath them as an inheritance to your children after you to receive as a possession. You can use them as permanent slaves. But in respect to your fellow countrymen, the children of Israel, You shall not rule over another with harshness, severity, oppression. Now, if the financial means of a stranger or temporary resident among you become sufficient, and your fellow countryman becomes poor in comparison to him, and sells himself to the stranger who is living among you or to the descendants of the stranger's family, then after he is sold, he shall have the right of redemption one of his relatives may redeem him. Either his uncle or his uncle's son may redeem him, or one of his blood relatives from his family may redeem him, or if he prospers he may redeem himself. Then he or his Redeemer shall calculate with his purchaser from the year when he sold himself to the purchaser to the year of Jubilee, and the original price of his sale shall be adjusted according to the number of years the time he was with his owner shall be considered as that of a hired man. If there are still many years before the year of Jubilee, in proportion to them he must refund to the purchaser part of the price of his sale for his redemption and release. And if only a few years remain until the year of Jubilee, he shall so calculate it with him he is to refund the proportionate amount for his release. Like a man hired year by year, he shall deal with him. He shall not rule over him with harshness in your sight. Even if he is not redeemed during these years and under these provisions, then he shall go free in the year of Jubilee, he and his children with him. For the children of Israel are my servants, my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Now, it's interesting to note that the quote on the Liberty Bell comes from Leviticus chapter 25.10. Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. Just something to note. In the Amplified, that reads slightly differently, but still. says, proclaim freedom throughout the land to all its inhabitants. And that is, you know, the year of Jubilee, a year of freedom. And that's what this country was based on the idea of freedom, being free from oppression. And then we look at what the rules here are for the Israelites and the way they would indenture themselves to one another. They wouldn't truly be slaves because they would be freed on the year of Jubilee, and they also had the opportunity to redeem themselves or purchase their freedom. And slavery in the old days is not the same as we think of a slavery like in the, the southern U.S. or something like that. Um, slaves weren't always treated as harshly way back when as we think of. Now, yes, I'm sure sometimes they were treated just as harshly or even worse, but they weren't always because slavery, how do I say this, it's its not a nice thing ever, but it was a lot more commonplace in the old world. Uh, the reason that God gives them... You know, he allows for the fact that they're going to have slaves from the people around them because the nations around them are always warring and fighting and enslaving each other. It was not unusual at all in the old world. Uh, Thousands of years ago, that was the way things were done. Uh, The pyramids and things like that, those were all built with slave labor. Those were not just built by volunteers that came forward to do that. That's just not the way it worked. So, we have to look at this in a factual way. So, God gave them rules for handling slaves and slavery and they were to not treat their fellow Israelites as slaves. They were not to do them the same way because they could not possess them ever. They were gods. God says, these are my people. They may be indentured to you, they may work for you, but they can redeem themselves and they are not yours. You do not own and possess them. You may have these other slaves from these other nations and these other people and you can keep those and treat them as property which we still look at as, as really bad, I know, but we have to look at the world they lived in then, how this was just a normal common thing. That's just the way it was. And sometimes it was better to be a slave I and mean, some people may not appreciate this, but there are times and situations, I'm sure, in the past where it was better to be a slave of someone like who would, you know, at least treat you well and feed you and give you a place to live than to be without nothing, totally on your own and starve to death and not have any way to take care of yourself. I'm sure that that happened to more than one person thousands of years ago in the old world. Okay. And I'm sure there were lots of cases of abuse and stuff too. I'm not going to pretend that didn't happen. I'm sure that happened and that's wrong. We know that's always wrong. Not going to gloss over that or try to make that sound like it's something better than it was. It's just a reality of the earth and the way people were at that time. Nowadays, we still have, unfortunately, we still have slavery in this world nowadays. People like to talk and pretend like it's over or like, We don't have it anymore, but it's just not here. It's not in this country, but there is still slavery going on in this world, and and that's a bad thing. It's always wrong, okay? All right, so this has been Leviticus chapter 25. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.